looking at strategy, I don't, I don't know any other team I've ever seen in the first quarter of the game on their own 27 yard line that goes mm -hmm. for it with a fake punt pass. So sometimes, and, and, and a lot of times, like, you know, we look back at our text threads and stuff like that. And, you know, we were, we were maybe in the heat of the moment wondering about adjustments. The alleged tripping incident. This is the Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I think we did make a fair a fair amount of adjustments. I think sometimes they just they were in a, a play call that didn't work for whatever scheme we were trying to to get going. And then for the first half of Markonowski, I think uh, some of the throws he was making blew my mind. Uh, for a freshman quarterback to have that kind of arm strength, he showed the accuracy that maybe we missed in the UNI game. And uh, I think that throw in the third quarter to Jaden in the touchdown that got called back for the tripping. Speculation, so take it, just take it for what it's worth. The alleged tripping incident. Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan. All right. Welcome to the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Uh, tonight we're, we're going live for the first time, the, the A-team, uh, myself, Matt, Kyle Sheehan, and Dallas Collection is helping us out um, as, the, as the producer that, you know, you've seen him help on the B-team uh, for a number of episodes now. So welcome, fellas. Uh, it's been 24 hours. How are we doing? I tell you I'm, what, I'll go. <laughs> Sorry, I got to jump in here. We were talking about this. I, I personally, man, I need some positivity. I yesterday, I, I, I may or may not last night have, have sworn off sports entirely. Uh, we, we go from the Jacks game, and then I, I met my sons. I drive like five hours to my son's hockey game, and they lose and play terrible. And then I live in Mankato here, and the MSU Mavs lose. They're the number three team in the nation. Also, they lose last night, so I, I was done. I could use something here. Yeah, it's tough, man. You know, you try to keep things in perspective, even though it's eight game season, it's, it's relatively long, right? The, the air kind of got taken out of the, the balloon. You know, we were, we were riding high on a win uh, coming off the UNI trip. And, you know, you, you think the guys are going to be ready, ready to rock, but uh, kind of going into the UND game, I was a little apprehensive just just based on kind of stylistically the matchup. And then they had a lot a lot of uh, tenacity coming in, probably with a chip on their shoulder, feeling they've been slighted uh, in terms of the lore that the Missouri Valley kind of carried carried with it. But you know, we'll we'll get into it. We'll talk about it, and uh, we'll hopefully end it off on a good note and uh, look to flush it and move forward. There we go. Well, Dallas, I do have some positivity for you. So, uh, you know, typically Kyle and I do just focus on the football squad. Um, but given given where we're at right now, we do need some positivity. So uh, let's run through it. So USD lost to NDSU today in men's basketball, which secured SDSU, the number one seed in the upcoming conference tournament. So that's huge. Congratulations, guys. Um and they, and they swept their uh, games this weekend, too. So that was good to see. Um, women's basketball, also the number one seed. You know, we've, we've talked about them being without uh, two of their top players recently, or the B team talked about it, I guess. Uh, and they, they finished the season strong, getting big wins against uh, UMKC this weekend. 
So they're the number one seed. Uh, baseball, the baseball team uh, pulled off a three-game sweep of University of Northern Colorado. Um, so they're sitting good this year. They're four and two so far. So that's nice. Usually early season is when their record's a little poorer. Um, so they're they're off to a good start. Um, soccer, the soccer team got two wins this weekend. They have four straight shutouts. They haven't allowed a goal in four straight games. Uh, track and field it was the indoor championships at the S Jack this weekend. Uh, the men got second in the conference. The women got third. Uh, Kobe Hilton, he's a jackrabbit. He was the most outstanding performer in the meet. Uh, and then women's golf. Um, last This is last weekend, but uh, I think it finished last Monday, so we need to highlight it. Um, Teresa Toscano finished second in a big tournament down there. Second. That's awesome. And uh, she was the Summit Women's Golfer of the Week for that. So there is some positivity, fellas. There is light. Walmart opened this morning. <laughs> so uh, the sun came up. You know, so there is good out there. Still a great day to be a jackrabbit. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, you know, so, hats off hats off to basketball, right? There it was an incredibly strange uh probably 12 calendar months going from not being able to to complete the tournament play and then uh look at bids for postseason play and then obviously coming into this year um with all the different protocols and having a couple uh uh, games get bumped or even postponed or canceled. I believe Denver was was a couple of those that ended up kind of being finicky with the seating. But you know, hats off to all the work they've been able to do, um, battling through you know injuries, adversity, both the women's and men's team, and uh, you know, making the making the sting of of football's um, bumps and bruises a little bit a little bit uh, less. So excellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'll bring this up later, I guess. I'll bring it up later. So let's jump into the rants and raves uh, yeah. for, for yesterday. Um, as I told you in Dallas before we started here, our off-air production meeting, I wanted to get this out of the way. So if you noticed, I published it at like 7 a.m. this morning, uber early. I just had to get it out of my system. So um, hopefully you had a chance to read it. A couple of things I do want to point out on there. Um, the rave for the first half of Markinowski, I think uh, some of the throws he was making blew my mind. Uh, for a freshman quarterback to have that kind of arm strength, he showed the accuracy that maybe we missed in the UNI game. And uh, I think that throw in the third quarter to Jaden in the touchdown that got called back for the tripping, the alleged tripping incident. Uh, I mean, what a throw. What a, what a laser. I don't know. Kyle, what do you think about Mark's uh, – Mark's game. Yeah, I even tweeted out during the telecast his improvement uh his has definitely been incremental. Uh you like to see a lot of those strides taken. He looked to push the ball downfield more, was taking what the defense gave him but was uh not not afraid to take some more shots. Uh, I liked what I saw with his accuracy on some touch passes, uh specifically on the post route or the uh, corner route that uh, Jaden wasn't able to secure. I mean, that, that's mm. a money ball. Uh, the, the bucket drill that they do um, in practice uh, at a lot of different organizations and then on into the NFL, um, that, that would have been, you know, A1, an A1 toss right there. And even the broadcasters uh, at the Alaris Center were, you know, singing his praises. That was a, an absolute dime that he just dropped right in the bucket. And, and then again, uh, 
driving the ball downfield to Canyon on the uh, on the long ball that Canyon wasn't able to 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 secure, just missing just by a by a fraction of an inch on a couple of them. Um, but I think at one point he was like five of seven with two drops. So he could have been, mm-hmm. you know, looking at a hundred percent completion percentage over a hundred yards on the day with a couple touchdowns. So um, mm-hmm. definitely wasn't one of the, the things to, uh, to rant about as far as his, his ability to drive the ball downfield in our passing game uh, for the most part, except for when we were forced into situationally just passing almost hundred percent of the time uh, late, late in the game, a passing game looked pretty, pretty stop, uh, solid. Yeah. And, you know, he did statistically, he finished with the two interceptions and the fumble, uh, the one interception before halftime. That, that's just a throwaway that I don't that one doesn't count in my mind. Uh, the fumble, um, you know, he, he, he should have just thrown it away and that'll come with experience. Uh, the interception, you know, you're, you're trying to make a play at that point in the game to get your team back in it. Uh, it's a long shot. You're going to take a little more risks. Um, and you know, it's a bad interception. That one is, uh, it's a bad fumble, but it's, but it's hopefully growing moments for a young quarterback in my opinion. So correct. Yeah. And there's right. a couple times, um, there's a couple times when I, I would have liked to seen him, uh, ditch the ball, you know, throw it out of bounds, mm-hmm. live to see another day instead of maybe taking a sack. I believe Ben dropped it on the, uh, on the group thread, uh, you know, young man, th- toss it out of bounds right there. But, you know, it, live action in the heat of the battle, um, there's going to be moments like that. You know, I think that he's going to definitely progress. So you're going to see some growing pains. There was one point in the game I want to say uh, uh, he the safety was walked down, I think, where he had an advantageous opportunity to go to Jackson one-on-one on the outside and mm-hmm. just – didn't, didn't even kind of look that that direction. I believe the pass was incomplete, and then we had to either kick or, or something to that effect. But um, it was it, – it's just things like that are going to start to take shape more for him as he <laughs> gets more comfortable seeing live action, you know, defensive uh, schemes, and he's able to process them more quickly, see what the defense is doing. And, uh, yeah, I think I – li- I like what we've got in, in number 11 under center. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to jump to a rant. For a second, and uh, overall, I, I was so disappointed with our special teams yesterday. Um, those those were um, momentum swinging plays that set you and I or UND up in good field position. Um, first, the block field goal, um, which was a long field goal, and uh, you know we always if if we had caught that touchdown pass, we wouldn't have to worry about it, right? Um, but the blocked field goal, the, the fake punt, um, inexcusable on that one, the blocked punt, inexcusable. Like, and you watch the replay, that wasn't just one guy. That was, uh, I mean, four or five, maybe, maybe not four or five, three or four, um, fighting Hawk players could have got that one. (laughs) That one was dead. And then the long kick returned, uh, to Skokna. You know, yeah. uh, that's four mistakes right there. Game changing mistakes on special teams can't happen. Yeah. Ugh. The one that really irked me after, after rewatching was the field goal, because it just looked like the guys were kind of, you know, not taking it and, you know, you can speculate all day, but the way their technique was executed did not look like they were taking it as serious as they should. Um, mm-hmm. it looked like, all right, this is special teams. Maybe take a playoff. 
the left tackle has got to get more physical on that play. That, that was, that was disappointing, but um, the punt, I mean, situationally you always prepare for the worst um, and expect the unexpected and you can never be let down. That's something that, you know, I, sure. I always try to live my life by and coach Stig, right. Leave nothing to chance. That's one of his big mantras, but looking at strategy, I don't, I don't know any other team I've ever seen in the first quarter of the game on their own 27 yard line that goes mm-hmm. for it with a fake punt pass. So sometimes, man, and a lot of times, like, you know, we look back at our text threads and stuff like that. And, you know, we were, we were maybe in the heat of the moment wondering about adjustments. I, I think we did make a fair, a fair amount of adjustments. I think sometimes they just, they were in a, a play call that didn't work for whatever scheme we were trying to, to get going. And then on that punt, that was an unbelievably executed pass. I mean, I looking at the punter, I think he just threw the ball to an area. I don't even think he, <laughs> you know, it just went right over. I think that on the telecast, they said Motsko's head. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, one of those things where, they struck gold on that one. Um, you know, then uh, I want to say on that drive, they converted two fourth downs because they had they had the penalty, which was absolutely mind-blowing to me that they they would call a PI on a four-yard out route where there was minimal contact. I mean, granted, he was being physical, Norblade was being physical at the point of contact, but nothing egregious that I would mm-hmm. say would have warranted the flag, not to bail them out in a situation like that, but never leave it in the zebra's hands. You, you just, you just don't leave it in their hands. And yeah. uh, a lot of times on, on Saturday, we did uh, leave it to chance. And then the result turned out what it was. I mean, like when you look at it, we had a punt uh, fourth down fake punt conversion on their 27. They got blocked field goal. They got uh, a, a blocked punt. They got they multiple fourth downs. They got, um, mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say F, F plus uh, special teams performance yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. The, uh, the one guy that the week before was a special teams demon, Isaiah Stalberg. I have in my rave um, for his play. Agreed. The other night, the last yesterday. Um, I thought he was all over the place. Um, sound tackling uh, fast. I'm going to talk about him a little bit in the matchup with WIU West Illinois coming up. I think he has a he has a potentially a huge role to play in this game. Um, so that that's just a preview there. I also thought Tetzloff and Bacchus played good games. Um, I was overall disappointed in the Chain Gang, and I love the Chain Gang. Um, I'm I'm one of their biggest fans, so it's it's hard for me to say that. But I was shocked by how UND's uh, offensive line controlled the second half of that game. Yeah, you know uh, what? When I rewatched the the film, I think a lot of it again is just scheme and and a lot of it elephants on parade, right? Like show hard action to the left, boot the quarterback out, use use the outside the hash uh, game plan to kind of get your guys in space and actually get your backers running because it didn't really look like we had a true nickel um, linebacker in the game or a nickel DB, um, and so you know that we're running that true four, three personnel grouping and relying a lot on Graham to cover a lot of ground. You know, that young man's going to be a heck of a football player for us. Um, but definitely really the, the entire linebacking core was, was tasked with a lot. Cause like you said, we couldn't get home from the edge. Um, and then when we had them in third and long situations, you know, there were a couple instances where our DBs 
we're not playing through their technique or they're playing too physical and they just need to look and get into the flow of the game with how the officiating crew is, is starting to regulate it. If they're calling ticky tack physical type penalties, you have to adjust your, your gameplay. You just have to do it. And, um, I, I, you know, hats off to UND, but a lot of things had to go their way to get that W. Um, mm -hmm. There's some different publications that that have them going up to number one overall, and you know, I, I wouldn't be disappointed with that. But I, I don't. I want to pump the brakes on on giving them that much praise. But that's a good football team. I mean, oh, yeah. what I enjoyed most about them was how hard they played. Mm -hmm. um, and historically, that's that's been the Jacks mo, like how hard they play, whistle to whistle. Um, and even beyond that. And that's one thing I know we left on the table that I would like to see, mm. can, you know, return to form here in coming weeks, which I'm confident they will. Yeah. Kyle, that's a really good point. And that's, and that is something too. Like I've had some great interactions with uh, UND fans this, this week. Um, very respectful, very, very smart uh, football fan base, obviously with a division two success, like we talked about. Um, Great fans, great fans. Um, but where was I going with this? I forget. This is the they're problem gonna be doing a, it. They're yeah, going to be a pain, pain in the ass for the Valley is what they're going to be. Yes, and absolutely. nobody, you you and me and Dallas and Ben and Brent, I don't think we thought they were going to be a cupcake. I mean, yeah. that's that's why in kind of the lead up to the game, I, w I was honoring them in the way, in the fashion mm -hmm. that I did through some of the, the content creation because, like, they're not, they're not a slouch, man. I don't know yeah. who thought. I mean, they won the Big Sky in in uh, in 2016, and I mean, they're not. They're con they're gonna reload. They have all that hockey money, um, mm -hmm. and then they've been they've been playing second fiddle for the last decade. So it's gonna yeah. be tough. It's gonna be tough. Uh, tough to play with them schematically too, based on the style of play. They scat back type, you know, smoke and mirror, a lot of window dressing offensively and defensively. So mm -hmm. I mean. And hats off to Coach Schweigert and the crew that he's he's got. And and so one thing that I was thinking is it's it's interesting because I just watched WIU Western Illinois and Missouri State, and they play a lot like UND and USD play this uh, this scat back spread yeah. style. It's very interesting to see that that's now half the teams in the valley play that type of offense now. So I don't know. I'm intrigued. It's going to be interesting because um, you have us, you and I, NDSU, um, Illinois State that, that do want to still be physical um, and and uh, maybe a little more traditional in our offense. And then you have these uh, high fly spread attacks. So we'll see what happens in the years to come. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to yeah, have a mixed bag. I think you're going to have a mixed bag, just like you said. You're going to have some that are able. It's it's uh, based on um, based on what they're able to recruit, based on what's in the pipeline, and then kind of seeing how the the players mesh with one another. Obviously, you're going to have a scheme uh, going into recruiting to try to fit guys to the scheme that you're going to run. Um, but you're you're seeing a lot more of that, like basketball on turf type. Mm -hmm. So we got a question. Uh, how was offensive line play? And I, in, in the live broadcast, I did not watch it close enough. Um, Kyle, you did a rewatch. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, uh, quite a difficult defensive front and scheme again to, to play against. They do a lot of twisting, a lot of stunting. And, and for those of you who may not be completely familiar with the X's and O's, just means a lot of guys uh, setting you up one way and then looping around their defensive lineman teammate uh, to, tr to try to create confusion. Um, Coach Stig said it in a lot of the lead up that he was trying to uh, ingrain in his guys, of course, the coaching staff as well. When you play a team like this, you block space because you got to understand and read your read your keys and, and watch your film to the degree that you know uh, where they're going to go. So you're not caught guessing um, and you're not chasing. When you chase guys in, in a scheme like that that are quick, they're going to beat you to the point uh, that you need to get to. So I saw a lot of that specifically from the interior, like the center nose uh, exchanges, the twisting and stuff like that kind of got us caught, especially in the run game. Um, pass game, and, and I even said it in the group text, I mean, we kind of look like we're built to be a, a pass blocking a line um, specifically against that, that squad. So we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, I, I wouldn't get too, uh, I wouldn't get too excited about it in a negative way. Uh, like, oh man, you know, we, we got to do something with our offensive line. I think everybody's fine. And I think uh, we're going to make some big strides here coming up in, in the coming weeks. Yep. And one thing too, just, you know, general observation without going back and watching that first quarter, Mark had all the time in the world. You know, I'm not sure was that's watching it live. It felt like he was under pressure more in the second half. Is that did that hold up, or does that hold up, Kyle? Or is that? Yeah, it does. Uh, we weren't able to we weren't able to control time of possession with the run game. Mm -hmm. um, and going back on the rewatch, um, what I did notice uh, any type of critique I may just shell out there. Um, it's speculation, so take it just take it for what it's worth. I did notice Coach Eck was changing formations really quickly. We'd have success with a formation, and then he'd he'd spread them out. Uh, and I don't know if. He was running a play to see how they were going to defend it so he could then call a different play he had in mind, like leading up, like foresight. But I'm of the opinion, especially when kind of the momentum is starting to swing, stay, go to the well a couple more times, like stay consistent with it, especially against an undersized team when your front is completely um, physically more, should be more dominant than them. Stay in that formation and then continue to pound it uh, just because I, I want to get Pierre going more. I mean, if you look mm -hmm. at his stats, his stats are nice, right? They're, they're pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that, again, is on big chunk explosive plays, not long, slow, steady, sustained drives. And I know Coach Eck and Coach Stig, they're going to harp on that. They want ball control. They want domination. Um, and, and again, Coach Stig mentioned that I think when you're taking tops off and scoring in big single chunk plays, it gets kind of tough to uh, tough on your defense to just rebound and get back out there and and, and stop them. Nothing egregious that I. Jeez. Sorry, just watching myself live there for a second. The sound came on. That's so weird. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, Cal. Um, yeah, yeah. Just so on to that point, I, I think the O line did okay. I'd like to see him improve in the run game um, um, and be more. It, it looked like. Sometimes they got caught guessing or got caught out of position and just need to trust their technique, uh, you know, get back, watch the film and, and make the correct adjustments. They'll be all right. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that question though. Yeah. Dallas, any more questions back there? Nope. 
There we lost I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you can hear me when the video is not on. Still getting used to this. So we, we do have one question, honestly, just uh, talking about coaching a little bit. Um, just a minute, let me pop over. You know, talking about uh, questioning maybe not making enough adjustments in the second half and, and, and also just kind of the defense of being flat and looking for you guys' thoughts on those two, those two points. I don't think the defense was flat. I think that offense just really stresses a team. Uh, we talked about this in the lead up to the game. And if you read the what to watch, you knew this was going to be an issue. Our very first point was watching the eye candy that um, UND is going to throw at you. And all of those motions, all of the formations, uh, all of the play actions, like it's designed to mess with the defense. And, and uh, I don't think that was flat. Um, you know, Kyle, you mentioned Graham Spalding, you know, ch chasing these guys all over the formation. Uh, those are tough assignments for, you know, an experienced backer, uh, let alone someone making his second start, you know, that's that's trying to track everything with his eyes in front of him and then having to get across the formation to guard, uh, you know, that Bo Belquist, that slot receiver that they had. So that's a tough assignment. I don't think he's I don't think we were flat on defense. Uh, as for the adjustments, or the you, Kyle, what do you think on that? We'll I think you hit the nail on the head. As far as the defense, I don't think they were flat at all. Um, I think we we did make some um, some some adjustments that that proved to our benefit. I think a lot of it came down to execution. Uh, their alignment was putting us in some disadvantageous positions. Sometimes when you were when they were running guys all the way across the formation in motion, um, because our guys were like one half a step hesit hesitating on what the, the play actually was with their read. You could see like, for instance, Graham tracking a wide receiver all the way across the formation on man coverage. He was maybe a hair, a step slow uh, trailing in his hip pocket when hit that full speed and, and go rock and rock and roll with it. So um, I think that, you know, just again, the window dressing kept us maybe a half step off our game. Uh, the fact that the, the quarterback was such a, a, a shifty little guy within the pocket. I know a couple of times we, we had a chance to get home with, with like Quentin Hicks, for instance, and um, definitely with uh, Reese Winkleman on the edge. He, he played a really nice game, even though he wasn't able to get home a lot, um, was getting good extension, was getting rid of his guys. Again, you know, just using, using every single inch of grass on the field is what that offense was able to do. Um, and, and it was just, sometimes you just got to take your hats off to them, go back to the drawing board and then know what you're going to deal with next time. Mm -hmm. And, and in terms of adjustments, one of the things that, that, that maybe again, I didn't do a rewatch like Kyle, but, but thinking about it, um, is we had such good success with the deep ball in, in the first half, particularly in the first quarter, uh, even coming out of halftime, you know, we hit those big plays that got called back. Um, and so, you know, maybe we got a little bit too in love with the deep ball. Um, you know, UND did start to bring that extra pressure. Mark didn't have as much time to, to really take some of these longer developing plays to get down there. And our only real counter was that tunnel screen. And while it worked the first time we ran it, uh, and it's a nice play, it's a nice staple to have in your offense, there has to be something else, in my opinion, in, in an intermediate route that we can hit. Um, it can't be all or nothing, home run yeah. or tunnel screen. And to that point, the tight ends were coming open on crossers uh, at the intermediate length. 
but because we were having such success driving the ball down the field, I think Mark looked for it. Um, sure. and, and he, he, you know, he's a gunslinger. So he was trying to take that shot. Um, a couple times I would have liked to have seen him in the drives turned out to be converting into points, you know, three or seven, but I would have liked to see him take the underneath route. Some of the crossers, Mike Morgan on one was open. Um, he was putting the ball like exactly where it needed to be though. If you watch some of the, some of the routes that were run um, on on another one, Morgan ran uh, was a great catch by him on third and third mm -hmm. and long, uh, but he drifted kind of in his route. And he's to keep it sharp and and flat down the line of down down to his aiming point because he drifted a little. And usually that allows a DB a chance to come underneath the route, undercut the route, mm -hmm. and pick it. But Mark put it in a perfect spot, and Mike finished the play, so it was excellent. Um, and then subsequently. On the very next play, Skylar Kavanaugh, unbelievable, like mm -hmm. one-handed one -handed catch. Um, in Skylar Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's great to hear his name. You know, it really yeah. is. He made a real impact early on in, in his time with the Jacks. So hopefully he can mm -hmm. contribute with uh, an injury to Tucker. Um, definitely would like to see, again, though, more sustained. Zach didn't touch the ball. He did an excellent job blocking. I, I watched uh, him completely move the line of scrimmage a couple times. So – it's good that he stays engaged and doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't go in the bucket when he's not catching the rock. So that's, that's nice to see as well. Um, I would like to see in terms of the offense, again, just like I said, to, to kind of punctuate it, sticking with certain formations more so, uh, not, not necessarily going hurry up, but just staying in the same formation, go to the well again, see, see if they can stop it, assert your will, assert your dominance. And then, you know, look for key things within that that you can exploit in different formations uh, on the coming plays or coming series. Sure. All right, this one's uh, from Chad Myros. Uh, I only did the rewatch of the first half, but it did seem to me that running plays that got busted were from the backside. Did you also see that? Um, yeah, and Stig talked about this uh, earlier in the week against you and I too. In particular, uh, the the goal line stand that you and I had against us uh, was something on the backside, uh, the backside end, uh, flying in, wrecking the play. Um, did you notice that, uh, Kyle, when you yeah, did your rewatch? It, yeah, and based on the way the scheme is and the formation, you're going to leave him unblocked, and you're going to put the onus on the running back to make a guy miss and press the front side. But the way the play was developing. Uh, Pierre was slow to press the hole because there was there was too much chaos occurring at the line of scrimmage. Um, this is why I really like the offset pistol. I know we we do we did run some pistol after doing the rewatch, but for folks who don't know that might be listening, the pistol is just when you have the quarterback and gun and the running back directly behind him. It just speeds up the the process of the play and the unfolding of the play. Because if you think if a guy's under center, he has to take the snap and turn around to hand the ball off. It's a little more slow developing, which sometimes can allow your offensive line to get into their to get into their uh, blocking schemes. But this is a little bit better to the mesh point for the running back, and then also you can have your fullback take care of that edge defender if you if you schematically do it right, like swipe back across the formation. Running back hits the a gap um, and presses it hard, even if there's a subtle delay. And then can look at that zone scheme and, and kind of find the hole. Same thing, um, you know, I, why I don't like the shotgun with the back offset to the right 
because a lot of times it's very difficult to run same side, same side uh, run plays because the, the mesh point and the cut is so they have to bend it back so hard. Um, but you know, those are things that this is not coach X first rodeo. He's definitely going to, he's definitely going to be able to watch the film, dissect it and uh, get back to it and, and see some things that work for them. Again, he was trying to see what the defense was giving him uh, with all those different formations that he was on, he was rolling out. And again, we had success through the air. So it's not like the offense really didn't, didn't get things going. It was just, we didn't, we didn't maintain the ball and sustain the drives. That's, that's really it. Amen. All right. Um, should we give awards? I think so. Awards? Yeah. Okay. So uh, my, my player of the game um, for the, for the blog on offense, um, I, I think I went Jackson Yankee, uh, 170 some yards, two touchdowns. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible day. Could have had more even. Um, so, you know, I think young man has all the talent in the world. Uh, I think he put to rest any questions about his speed <laughs> today. I think that's been a big question. He's kind of getting labeled as a big uh, physical possession type receiver. And he can be that. I, don't, I, I think he can be that for sure. Uh, but he also has um, plenty, plenty of speed to go with that. Yeah, seven receptions, 161 yards, two TDs. So, yeah, very good game. My uh, defensive player of the game, um, I, I went with uh, Logan Backus on that. Um, Logan just, you know, I, th I think 11 tackles. Um, we're still waiting for him to make that that huge impact play that we got so accustomed to seeing from him last year, whether it was a fumble, uh, interception, whatever it might be. Um, but man, he was all over. Uh, I think he masked a lot of the things that were happening too, um, you know, and, and, and cleaning up some messes. So uh, I like those two. I did not name a special teams player of the week this week. Uh, in my opinion, no one deserved it. So I'd agree. I, I think first and foremost, what Jackson Yankee was able to do was pretty incredible. Uh, didn't really look like he was having a whole lot of, uh, resistance out there on the edge in terms of in terms of coverage early on at least and you know he's a big physical presence but I, I hadn't heard anyone really question his speed I don't recall him getting caught <laughs> um and uh he just kind of proved it so and theoretically since they share the exact same genes I'm hoping Jaden can start to I'm I mean tell me I'm wrong they're they're identical um hopefully Jaden can start to emerge as well, um, which he did. I mean, he had over 100 yards receiving as well. And, you know, the drop, it is what it is. You know, it's a chance for him to learn uh, from, from what transpired on that specific play, correct it, move on. Um, and then the biggest thing is like Coach Sig always used to say is, you know, play in the present. So don't let that play uh, allow you to go in the gutter on subsequent plays, which he did not. So that was excellent <laughs> to see. And then uh, on defense, Logan did make a lot of guys right. Uh, Rewatching at first, I was like, I think I caught a couple of plays when when he was maybe a little gassed or just hesitated once. And I was like, man, is he? And then I was looking at what they were asking him to do. And, you know, he was playing like a monster rover type, type <laughs> position uh, in some looks when we were more multiple on defense and not necessarily purely 4-3. Uh, and he was just, I mean, all over the field. He, he had one sack again, too, I think, on a third and six or so. Uh, 
or at least a tackle for loss. I don't know how they were grading it, if it was a quarterback rush or what, but um, it was excellent. Uh, he, he's continuing to, to show out. And against a team like that, you know, they were just doing what they could to not beat themselves on offense. I mean, they really weren't, they really weren't drive. They didn't drive the ball downfield. They threw, they were throwing side pocket, side pocket, you know, uh, little crossers or coming up backs coming underneath. And um, so, you know, 11 tackles, double digit tackles, he's going to have to be, you know, uh, uh, the iron curtain that we expect him to be moving forward. Um, in special special teams wise, though, Matt, I would like to to shout out Jordan Meacham. I think he did ah. a good job in the return game as far as kickoff return, at least you know getting what he could, getting upfield, and then hopefully you know seeing a little bit of that that burst emerge offensively, which we did. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, um, yeah, I gave him a I gave him a, a rave otherwise in the article. So, good. if you want to read the full rants and raves, uh, go check it out. So should we move on to yeah. Western Western Illinois now? Let's flush it. Flush all it right. off. It's done. It's done. No more UND right. talk. So, all right. So I was fortunate enough. Um, my kids behaved this afternoon to, to get to watch the first half of the Western Illinois and Missouri state game. And it actually was pretty entertaining. Uh, and my point, my point that I wanted to talk about earlier when you brought up Denver and Omaha, you know, not, not having or having COVID problems, leave it to Bobby Petrino and his staff at Missouri state to not be wearing masks on the sidelines. Those goobers, like they're going to be the ones that mess up the Missouri Valley season. They already have the snow thing that they had to go against, uh, you know, against Illinois state last week. Um, So they're going to mess this up for the conference. It drove me nuts when I saw that. Um, Cause it was pretty blatant. so you're not a fan of, of Missouri State and their approach there or what? No, no. They, you're not just you know, from record, you're on record yeah. and you're not a fan of that. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed with every other Valley team we've watched. Um, because we've gotten to lot watch a lot of Valley football this year. It's been pretty fun. And the coaching staffs, the people on the sidelines are wearing masks, they're they're uh, you know following protocols, it looks like, at least when the camera's on them, Missouri State. They didn't give two hoots um, against <laughs> against Western, and and again, it's Bobby Petrino. It's a culture thing. It's expectations. It's uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm not a Bobby Petrino fan, folks. Uh, you just we can put a clap on your your rant. That's cool. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I got one too. Then if you're going there, yeah. love that, love that Western allots space for their communications guys, their students to broadcast these games. But good gracious. Man, they need they're they're still they're in spring practice, like spring practice. They're not in spring season form. They're in spring practice. And my good, I had to mute it. I was like, yeah. all right, cool, keep perspective. They're you know they're kid they're college kids. They're just trying to iron some things out here and find their footing and explore it as a career. My gosh, <laughs> it's funny you say that because my kids were like laying on the couch watching Coco Lemon or something on the. <laughs> on the iPad, parents will know what I'm talking about, and uh, and I had the sound on too. And my wife's like, "Who is that talking? That's terrible." It was brutal. It was like, brutal. Like, sorry, yeah. sorry, Western Illinois students, you're you're doing the best you can, probably. So uh, keep keep working. Um, so, anyways, 
let's talk about Western Illinois' offense a little bit. Um, um, hey, yeah, this might be a little. Uh, it's gonna be a little handful. I think he, you know he's a quick guy, just like mm-hmm. a lot of the receiving core we've seen. Uh, you know, Quan Hampton out of UNI, and then uh, what UND rolled out last week. So, what, what were your yeah. take? Hopefully, we can shut him down specifically in the return game, especially with how our mm-hmm. special teams kind of showed some cracks last week. Yeah, I I could not believe. Western Illinois came out in a spread like this and uh, their, their quarterback, it's his second year starting threw the ball 46 times. He was 34 for 46, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. But I, I just remember Western being more of a hard nosed grindstone team, kind of more of a balanced offense. So to see them come out and throw the ball all over the field was nuts. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Tony Tate. I love Tony Tate. Yeah. Uh, electric. He's only 5'9". Yep. Uh, and then they have this Dennis Houston, number 10, big possession type receiver. But then <laughs> they had 10 different players catch a pass and five players catch three or more. So they distribute the ball all over. And uh, they, you know, their go-to play on short yardage when they need it, they run some crossers. Uh, right underneath with all sorts of wide receivers clearing out space. It's almost like an underneath screen. Um, They ran it at least four times in this game against Missouri state with mixed results. So, yeah. And they had 10 different guys rush the ball, 10, 10 different guys rush the ball. So, I mean, they're going to throw a lot of personnel groupings out there. They're going to throw a lot of just personnel in general out there um, and get a lot of different guys touches the ball, try to get going. Uh, a lot, I would imagine them studying the Hawk film, the, the North Dakota mm-hmm. film, they're going to try to incorporate some elements that they were able to utilize to, to their advantage. And we're just going to need our pursuit to be there. Um, we're going to need to get home to the quarterback and get some pressure. Um, I would like to see, I think uh, Caleb Sanders played a heck of a game. I really do. Uh, I would like to see more of a dent on the interior in passing situations. Hopefully, uh, you know, the quarterback holds on to the ball a little bit more. UND got it out really quick. Um, hopefully we can capitalize on some of, some of the things like that. Mm-hmm. But what, uh, as far as what WIU tried to establish against Missouri State, uh, I know they, ha- they came out and scored 17 straight points uh, to take the lead going into the half. But what did you like that they, that they saw some success with? What did you like that they did against Missouri State from an offensive perspective? So, um, I mean, you brought him up right away. I love how they use Tony Tate. Um, they, they lined him up all over the formation. And when I mentioned Isaiah Stalbert earlier, having, I think, a special role this week, I think we're going to add an extra D-back, or an extra DB onto the field. Um, I just don't think that our off, we can expect uh, Graham and Tetz, uh, Preston Tetzloff, um, to – to uh, cover these guys all over the all over the field, we're gonna have to go a little bit lighter on defense, in my opinion. Whether it's a corner or going with three safeties, um, bringing bringing Griff up a little more into the box, um, you know, I, they lined this Tate up all over. One of the formations that they did um, is they had trips left, and you know, when you get trips like that, you expect all sorts of crossers and rubs and things like that. All they did was kind of run Tate into the flat and then peel him up on a wheel route up mm. the sideline. And uh, it just was kind of creative, you know, because it got the corners biting up 
on a kind of a flat there. Um, and there was no safety over the top. So we'll see what he can do on there. Um, he actually had two touchdowns called back because of penalties as well. Uh, Western had two TDs wiped off the board in the first half. Um, and then they ended up not scoring on one. I believe they got their field goal on the other. So good. First, yep, uh, that's correct. The first possession, first possession, they had a touchdown <laughs> called back from for a hold uh, when they in which they gashed them. Um, yeah. and, and then, uh, you know, penalties seemed to plague them just like it plagued the Jacks mm-hmm. over the past couple weeks. So really want to see the guys trust their technique, get in the film room, understand the call. You know, that's one thing we should address too. I don't know if the calls that they're getting in are, are dis- being disruptive because to go back to, we had offsetting penalties against North Dakota on one play, but our receivers in trips, they weren't lined up appropriately. No one knew who was supposed to be on, who was mm-hmm. supposed to be off. Some of that could be a function of COVID. Some of that could be a function of the youth that we have that we're unveiling and we're rolling out onto the field. But regardless of what it is, you got to do your 111s. You got to know what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, I can't do anything with you if you can't align correctly. So outside of that, hopefully we clean up those penalties because we don't want we don't want any more gifts throughout the rest of this Valley slate because we see how tough it's going to be top to bottom. Yeah. The other thing that if I'm uh, Coach Bergstrom and Coach Rogers, I'm excited about some possible turnovers here. Uh, Western did turn the ball over four times against Missouri State. Part of that could be a function of, uh, you know, some season opener jitters and mistakes that, you know, that was their first game. Um, but but I like that our chances to, to snag a pick or two um, just as much as they put the ball in the air for one thing. <laughs> yeah, and we had opportunities last week that I, I was glad to see our guys get their hands securely on the ball. Just got to finish them uh, through the ground and through contact. Uh, Don did a good job um, on a couple of plays, really, really dislodging the ball. Um, and then one, he should have come down with. Offensive player made a good play adjusting and making sure he didn't come down with it. Um, and then one on a fir- very first series of the game, Malik did a really good job uh, of knocking the ball down, and I thought Isaiah was going to house it, but, uh, you know, probably didn't expect it to happen uh, that quickly. But yeah. let's let's expect it moving forward because uh, I do like your take, Matt. I do think that uh, getting a nickel or a, more of a coverage-type hybrid LB safety body on the field is going to be more advantageous for the Jacks moving mm-hmm. forward when we play a lot more of these spread, smoke-and-mirror-type gadget teams. Mm-hmm. So I, I could think, you know, a middle linebacker, I, I, I could see Adam Bach on the field a little more. Um, coaches have really praised him for his speed. Uh, we saw it in that sack that he had against you and I, uh, his closing speed. Uh, we'll see if he can play that way in, in you know, coverage speed. Right. Um, so I, I, I think he could be our middle linebacker for, for, for sure. this week at least. And if, so. if they, if they trust you, if they trust you, then you're going to yep. get on the field. I mean, yep. that's, that's a big thing. I, I think that it's, it's not necessarily a matter of trusting his ability or his speed. I think it's a matter of knowing what their, what their responsibilities are, getting your team lined up, right? Cause the Mike is historically the guy that does that. If you got Logan on the field, he'll make you right. I would imagine with all the reps that he's had, um, Preston, obviously, there too. He's he's been around for for ages. Uh, Want to give him credit as well because he uh, Tets was able to get a pick late mm-hmm. in a in a drive that we really needed. So coming up and actually uh, creating a turnover there was was really nice uh, to see. Hopefully, it'll it'll 
give us some ball hawking momentum going into this one, like you said, because the quarterback, uh, Connor Sampson for WIU, had two picks. So hopefully uh, he'll, he'll forget who he's throwing to a couple times on Saturday. Yeah. So let's shift uh, to their defense. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Western Illinois is one of the original 3-4 defenses in the conference. Um, they've played a 3-4 as long as as long as I can remember. I did see in this game where they did shift to a 4-3 uh, for a handful of downs, um, but it wasn't anything substantial. 3-4 is their base defense um, that they that they spend a lot of time in. They are very young on this side of the ball, very young. Um, so that that's that's interesting. Um, they, uh, in my opinion, watching this, they tend to be boomer bust. They're very fast. I, at least I think they're fast. Um, but this also causes them to overrun plays a little bit, take the wrong gap. Um, I could see, you know, some play action. Missouri State had some good luck with play action. Uh, when I talk about boomer bust, you know, this blitz heavy creates a lot of space for catching runs. So if we can figure that out, uh, get the ball out on some quicker routes. Uh, for example, here, Missouri State had catches of 74 yards, 26 yards, 29 yards, and 22 yards, and 20 yards. So there are some chunk plays to be had there through the passing game. Missouri State's longest run of the game was 20 yards, and uh, and I think they could have had some more. There is some big gaps in there. Um, their their uh, safety, um, I can't remember his name right now, but he's a good player. Um, he made a lot of nice plays out there in the open field, uh, present, preventing some of those longer runs. Uh, from going big. Yeah. And I noticed in the secondary, they have some, some DBs who have some experience that they got through the transfer portal from Georgia Southern, uh, from Mississippi state, Corey Charles being one of them from Mississippi state. And then Bryce cross coming from Chattahoochee down in Georgia is a good program, uh, high school program. And then Georgia Southern uh, by way of Georgia Southern, he's a junior. Um, And then, uh, you know, we're going to have to kind of, probably in my opinion want to establish a run game especially with how depleted they've mm-hmm. been due to covid across the d line mm-hmm. they had a ton of guys out uh, across the d line due to mm-hmm. that impact so yeah that was one thing that those student announcers you know kept harping on yeah. was that oh missouri state's starting to figure out that uh that we have all these covid issues on the d line so we'll see they did you know because they are so blitz heavy though uh they did get three sacks um, against Missouri State, um, and when they when they get home though, they get home fast, and uh, and 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 they're really looking to confuse that offensive line. So, you know, I would like us. I don't know. I don't know, Kyle. Do do you trust like a true freshman quarterback to to make those hot route reads or audibles or anything like that at the line? I'm I don't not know. Sure, I'm not sure. He's uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if we've seen enough out of Mark yet. I, I don't know. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no that's... <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely trust them. Uh, like you said, there's going to be opportunities through chunk, with chunk plays through the passing game. That again, I'm not too worried about. Um, you know, he'll be going, uh, he'll be playing a, a school. Obviously, he's from Illinois, from Naperville, so I'm sure. I, I don't know if I had to just take a stab at it. He probably uh, knows of some of the guys that he's going to be lining up against, and 
hopefully he can kind of detach from that emotion, keep things in perspective and do what he's done so far, which is just be a gamer. Um, I would like to see us again, just maintain time of possession. I don't really care about the big chunk plays. They're exciting to see. I mean, I care about them. You and I and, and the boys love them, but uh, if it's going to be disadvantageous to the endurance of our defense and the stamina long-term throughout the duration of the game, I would rather not have those. I'd rather not have them be scoring plays maybe, but uh, definitely uh, just want to establish a little bit more uh, maintenance of the ball on offense. Yeah. And our excellent producer gave me the name of that defensive back. Uh, just Justin uh, Nutov. Nutov? Uh, he had eight tackles and uh, a number of them were, we're touchdown saving tackles on running plays. So um, watch that special teams watching it. Uh, they're, they're pretty good at special teams. That might be their best, their best trait. Uh, solid kick returner um, with uh, Tate and then uh, good punt coverage, good kick coverage play with a lot of heart and hustle, which is what we kind of have expected from WIU over the years. Um, field goal kicker. Uh, made what a 47 yarder right before half or right. Yep. First half, right before halftime somewhere yep. in there. So yeah, good, strong leg. He kicked it with confidence. So yeah. Yeah. You know, they were able to capitalize off of a turnover uh, fumble recovery and return. Um, so, you know, hopefully we do what we can to secure the ball on our own in our, on our own side of the field. And um, we don't allow any opportunities for them to linger, hang on in the game. We're going to be at home. That's the thing that we should probably address. You know, it'll be nice to not have to go on the road for consecutive weeks. Um, we've done that. That that can just be aware, right? Even if no, there's not a, a full capacity stadium that that's um, got a fan base cheering loudly. You know, affecting each each and every play. It'll still be nice to kind of be in friendly confines, uh, sleep in your own bed, you know, eat your own meals, stuff like that. Yeah, and. I, I just pulled up the weather now, and I know I screenshotted it earlier this week, what the weather looked like. High of 55 degrees on Dang Saturday. That. Sunny, uh, south wind 10 to 20, so hardly anything uh, for Brookings. That's short, <laughs> that, that's shorts and tank top weather out there in Brookings. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just some friendly reminders, no walk-up sales. So if you have season tickets, make sure you call the ticket office, get them purchased. Um, single game tickets, if there's any available, I'm sure will be uh, announced at some point uh, this week. There's a new clear bag policy. So if you're bringing bags, make sure you have a clear bag. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, no tailgating for, for this spring season. So um, a couple a couple of reminders there that were just out on the top of my head. Should we do predictions? We should do predictions. Maybe we should do a virtual tailgate at some point this year. That might be a little fun thing to, to offer for the fans if they want to have a little community or something like that. I know we'll uh, do it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, Brendan, Brendan can show us what is, what's on his grill. So He can show us what's on his grill and, and all the different varieties of apple juice he'll drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so my prediction uh, for, for Western here. I think our offense gets clicking. Um, I think the run game, uh, there's going to be some opportunities to find some creases along with some big play plays. Uh, I am nervous about their spread offense and uh, our commitment to stay in a four, three base. 
Uh, I really hope we come out of it. Um, so, you know, I'm going to go uh, Jacks 34, Western Illinois Leathernecks uh, 20. So 34 20. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go with the offense being more balanced. North Dakota was 100. I think they had 177 yards apiece through the air and on the mm -hmm. ground. So I'd like to see yep. something of that vein for the Jacks taking place this weekend. Um, I'm going to say 31. I'm going to say 31 to 20. 31 20 Jacks. All right. Dallas, uh, you want in? I do. I want to chime in here. And it's almost more, it's driven by what I want to see more than what I think I'll see. Uh, man, I want to see an established run game. Just, you know, Kyle, you brought that up. I, forget 25 yard runs. I want to see four, five, three, six, you know, just that kind of, of, of just wear you down, make you want to quit run game. Man, exactly. So, so let's go with that. And, um, We'll go 24-14, good guys. There you go. I like I like your faith in the defense there. I always want to I always want to keep it lower scoring, but I just know the style of the game has changed so much. Um, again, basketball on turf. But I would like to that to that point, I like uh, Isaiah Davis, his style running the rock. I want to see I want to see more Pierre Isaiah Meacham. Pierre Isaiah Isaiah. Pierre, 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 Meacham, yep. stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I want to see. And I'm, that's not even an old, you know, crotchety man, even though I'm very <laughs> hairy. You know, that's just – that's not like uh, they're throwing the ball. What are they doing? No, I just I just want to see an established run game as well. So I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we sometimes do players of the week – or not players of the week, but players to watch. Do you want to do that today? Yes. Okay. Um, so my player to watch um, – I'm going to go with Zach Hines ah, in this game. That's who, that's who I was going. I love it. Uh, yeah. I was going to go Hines as well, even though I want to see an established run game. I think that he's going to be a tough matchup, I think, for them. Historically, they've had good linebackers, and I, I'm going against my better judgment to think that to think that a tight end will be going off against that style of D, but I, I think he will. So, yeah, Zach Hines. And then on defense, who you got? Who you got? Uh, I'm going with Griff in this one. He's been silent so far this year, but I think this could be a week where he uh, makes some big plays. Okay. I like that one. How about you, Dallas? Who you got offense and defense? So I didn't have time to prep for this. Uh, off the cuff, <laughs> I'm going to go – I'm going to go Meacham. God, I want to see that balanced, yeah. balanced game like you mentioned yeah. there. Uh, and then defense – Let's go Tets. I I mean, he had, what did he had, 10 tackles? Like it, it, that's not a sneaky pick at all, but uh, he's just been solid. It, it's his time. Like this is his year, I think. So I want to see him go off and let's, let's get a couple turnovers too. I, I think we're due to, to actually win, win that turnover battle. Most definitely. And I think defensively for me, I, I'm going to go with Don Gardner. I think, I think he's, his technique, his physicality has been good. I think he's due. He, I think he's due to get hands on. And uh, we'll see if he can house one. I have faith. There we go. Excellent. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Thank you, Dallas, for being here with us. Oh, thanks and, for inviting uh, me, man. I, I'm contributing. I love this. Thank you. Yeah. And oh, thank man. you to everyone no, that great. tuned in. 
questions. Thanks for the questions. Yeah, it was it was exciting. It was a great first live stream, and you know, happy to do it again uh, next week. I do want to say for anybody who uh, would like to check us out on social media, obviously Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook. You got the blog, uh, JackrabbitIllustrated.blogspot that Matt puts out all of his great content. If you weren't already familiar with that, um, and then Splitting Hairs underscore podcast on Instagram, and then Splitting with no G, Splitting Hairs J I on uh, on Twitter is the new uh, Twitter handle for at least for this portion of the pod. Uh, as well. And I'm kind of trying to share across all those platforms. Um, and then in the upcoming week, I told you guys on the text thread, but we're going to be doing a former player feature uh, with uh, Brandon Snyder. So that should be exciting. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then one shout out uh, as well um, to Chad and Jordan Schoenrock uh, for doing the wrestling podcast last week, uh, the takedown. And that's still very relevant info. Uh, the Big 12 duo or the Big 12 tournament hasn't happened yet. So go back and give it a listen before a Big 12 tournament kicks kicks off uh, for, for wrestling. <laughs> yeah, so. kicks off or drops or what? what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gets pinned. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, can, I, can I do a B-team plug here? Yeah. Do it. All right, so I got some breaking news. Uh, I think I'm breaking it first here anyway. I don't think we published it. Uh, Tuesday – well, no, it'll be Wednesday morning – uh, Tuesday nights, I believe, 8 or 8.30, we'll go live with the B team. Uh, Going to be published uh, you know, to all the various platforms on Wednesday morning. But we've got Midco personality, Hank McCall, is going to be joining us oh. to break down Western Illinois. Hey. <laughs> He'll be on. Yep, yep, we got Hank. So we're going to be talking great. to go through maybe his process for how he, how he preps for the, the TV broadcast and get his opinion on things. Oh, that's awesome. What good news. Solid. And to ask him why they're not doing replays when the Jacks are affected adversely. Right? <laughs> I need to be able to critique this so I can write a letter to my congressman. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet, but what are we going to write to my congressman? It's Got tough. it. I will ask that. All right, I'll fellas, let's wrap it up. We said we were going to be under an hour for an hour and one minute. So uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, go big, go blue. Go Jacks. Go This has been the Splitting Hairs Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. The alleged tripping incident. If I'm uh, Coach Bergstrom and Coach Rogers, I'm excited about some possible turnovers here. Uh, Western did turn the ball over four times against Missouri State. 